Today's date is October 18th, 2017. Hello and welcome to Hit the Books Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Holcomb. And I'm Emery Saunders. And we're here to give you all the saucy deets on everything comics this week. Emery, what have you been reading? Well, as I've said last time, kind of sticking with Mr. Miracle right now. You guys might notice a pattern for us by now. Yeah. Um, Mr. Miracle, X-Men Gold, and what else have I been reading? Did I read any Low? No, not yet. I'm going to pick that back up. Um, If you haven't checked out Low, you should. The story is amazing. And the the artwork itself, oh my God. What's the general uh, story? Uh, The general story is... Without too many spoilers. Okay. It's, uh, the story is in an alternate universe or in the far-flung future. It's unclear. Um, there is, or underwater societies. Like, all of society has gone completely underwater for whatever reason. And it's gotten to the point where because they're underwater and resources are limited... Things are starting to get pretty bad, and so it's like Bioshock, pretty much. Hmm. Uh, like imagine Bioshock, but somehow more depraved and more decadent. <laughs> That's kind of hard to imagine. <laughs> <laughs> this guy found a way. Nice. <laughs> that that's basically the story of Low. Uh, the main character is. A mother looking for her children. Uh, one she finds really soon. Uh, the the other I think she finds a bit later, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, all right. But uh, yeah, it's all about... Uh, apart from finding her children, it's about finding a way to restore humanity. All right. Anything else? Um... Nothing else I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah, no, no, that, that's been it for me. Well, uh, once again, <laughs> we've been struggling <laughs> to get everything together. And uh, congratulations to us. Our website is finally up and running. Hey! Our RSS feed is finally up and running. Hey! All our content is uploaded to YouTube, to hey! iTunes. Oh, yeah, that's and right. And Stitcher. Stitcher. So now you can take us with you on the go if you don't want to look at our ugly mugs for an hour or two hours, however long our podcasts are. And that includes our uh, movie reviews and other reviews and stuff we'll be doing. The only thing I don't think will be put up on Stitcher and iTunes at some point is our instructional videos because obviously you need a visual medium for that. Right. And I would imagine any kind of parodies or anything we do like that. So. Any kind of discussion topic, whether it be you know reviews. Uh, for those of you who don't know about our reviews, we do a spoiler-free take in the beginning, and then we give you a warning, and then we get into spoilers in the in our movie reviews and game reviews and all that stuff. Hoping to have a few more reviews for you soon, including one video game at least, and um, maybe one or two movies if we can finally get together and see these things <laughs> uh, emory's already covered a lot of it but i need to catch up uh 
So the, the the only real comic I've read is the one you loaned to me once again, <laughs> which is this here, Mr. Miracle number three. And notice he got the, the variant of the week edition. Oh, yeah. From, uh, what was it, last week? So uh, I really haven't done much more than that. And once again, it's kept me in it. Oh, yeah. Although it's starting, it's starting to hint at a direction that I wasn't really as into. And they started talking about the doctor at the end. No spoilers, but I don't know. I I feel like it's going to end up being a really cool build up with a kind of like an average payback. We'll see. We'll see. It still kept me in it strong and everything. And again, this again emphasizes how the dark side is line is being used a little less and less effectively as time goes on. Yeah. So uh, we'll see how that goes, but it's it's really interesting. It's really cool, and it's it's fun trying to pick up all the little subtle hints that I imagine Tom King is trying to drop to us, you know. Oh yeah, uh, like I am really excited to see where it goes. Yeah. Given that uh, there are nine issues left of this, yeah. So if you're not reading this, I highly recommend you pick it up now because I imagine this is going to be a very collectible and b fun to read. Oh, so yeah. uh, definitely seek this this comic out if you haven't already. And with that, let's get to the news. There's really not anything too big that's come out since last week, especially since we've been doing these podcasts a little late. Yeah. Um, update on that. Now that everything is in place, I hope to have every new podcast out by Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. By the, so that the morning you wake up on Wednesday you can actually hear what the new releases are. So uh, look out for that, if not a little earlier. The aim is going to be Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday night, so you can listen to it by Wednesday morning. So you might get it early sometimes. We'll see what happens. Um, First up on the news, we have Beast Boy being casted for the... DC streaming app <laughs> show Titans uh, was originally going to be on TNT and be a movie. Right. Now exclusive to DC digital streaming. They have downgraded this project so much. Yeah. Uh, they're basically sending it to die, which is sad because they have a lot of talent coming to it, including uh, the guy who was cast as Nightwing that we discussed last time. Brendan Twaits. Yeah, <laughs> Twaits. <laughs> um, but a young fellow named Ryan Potter has been cast as Beast Boy, and he seems to be a Japanese-American yeah. actor that has done mostly voice acting roles, but has had a, a role doing, I guess, martial arts stuff on a Nickelodeon show called Supa Ninjas. Supa Ninjas. Uh, apparently, he's trained in several martial arts and stuff, which is... Kind of cool, but I don't see why Beast Boy needs to know martial arts, but, you know. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, uh, I'm assuming if they're going to incorporate any of Mr. Potter's martial arts mastery, uh, that's going to come, like, later in the show. Otherwise, this might just be acting for him, which <laughs> yeah. uh, we'll, we'll see which how that cool. goes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, cool. it would be nice to see that on TV. Yeah. (laughs) That's the big thing that's killing this for me. I guess he played Hero in Big Hero 6, and that's like his biggest That That is his claim to fame. On 
voice acting. Never <laughs> watched <laughs> Super Ninjas on Nickelodeon or yeah. anything like it. Um, yeah, completely missed that one. So I have no um, reference for his visual on-camera acting. But hopefully he's good. He looks looks like a kid who knows what he's doing. Yeah. Uh, uh, one thing that I am really curious about is... With the talent that they're getting for this project, it seems like they are either betting really big and like hoping that uh, this service that they're trying to release is going to like take off with yeah. people's like interest in the Titans or the Teen Titans, uh, or if they really are doing this as. Like, uh, we're kind of trying to play it safe with our money. This is going to be kind of a vote of no confidence. I don't know. My impression is they're trying to do the Star Trek Discovery thing with it. Right. Where they're trying to put such a big, important project on the app that they're hoping it will pull in enough customers to the app to justify the app. Yeah. But I think both CBS with Star Trek Discovery and this new DC streaming app are both going to be fatally flawed and that they're contending <laughs> with Amazon Prime, Netflix, Hulu, you know, Crackle, you name it. Right. And um, I think it's just going to send both of these shows to their deaths, even if they are great. And uh, I mean, even PlayStation tried their, their hand at you know free streaming of movies and stuff with like powers and whatever yeah and they did. with their uh playstation plus subscriptions and i'm pretty sure the ratings for that haven't been great either so i and yeah. i don't know if that show's still going i think they made a season two but i don't a while ago but i don't i don't know if it's still around yeah i'm, I'm not sure if uh their season two for that came out last year but uh, I have not heard anything in regards to them doing a season three. Yeah, and I it bums me out because I I honestly think that it'll be a good project, just like Star Trek Discovery probably is. I haven't seen it because I refuse to pay for the streaming app. But right, um, I I think they're honestly just unintentionally sending it to to its death, and you're gonna have once again another big you know <laughs> dc property that people really love but either can't access or don't have enough to watch because of bad timing and whatever else I, I, again i think the dc brand is just being mishandled very poorly yeah you, you, you already have all these properties on the cw you have your Supergirl, which is supposed to be on CW now. I don't know <laughs> uh, it, it it is on the cw like uh, uh, everything Greg Perlanti produced yeah. is now on the CW. And then, you know, Constantine was sent to its death because it was <laughs> on a Friday night, you oh, know. Hashtag save Constantine. Which was probably, in my opinion, the the best of all of these shows, including Gotham, you know. Fun fact, Constantine is making an appearance on The Flash this season. Uh, Yeah, he's been on Arrow. Yeah. On a crossover episode. He's... I, I guess he's appearing on Flash, but I thought it was the Heroes of Tomorrow. Uh, I thought he was making an appearance on that. He he might be doing that too. Uh, but it's Matt right Ryan needs his show back, man. Yeah, I don't he does. I don't care if it's on Netflix. I don't care who DC has to <laughs> give a good deal to. <laughs> right, just bring Constantine back. It, uh, you know, Gotham had a lot of potential when it was about 
Gordon. <laughs> yeah. But then they made it all about this kid I don't like or care about <laughs> and made all the you know villains just worse and worse and worse as time went on. Uh, after Jada Pickett Smith, you know, <laughs> yeah, even Penguin was kind of cool at the beginning, but they just keep it, they keep making sh- it more and more Ugh. silly. I don't know. Yeah, that, like this could have been a gritty crime drama yeah. that just happened to take place in Gotham. Yeah, I don't know if mm. it's a production problem. I don't know if it's a problem on DC's end. I don't know who is in charge of managing all these properties and sending them out to these networks and splitting them up so much and then having them in contrast with the movies. I, yeah. But they're, they're just not handling them very well. And I wish they would handle them better because there's so much potential and there's so much good among it all. If you can, you know, there's or a stupid amount of potential here. If you can organize it in a, a good fashion, in a proper fashion, you know, you would have a ton of viewers. You would probably have all the streaming you want, you know, but don't put it on a proprietary app. <laughs> don't put it in contrast <laughs> to the, the movie versions, which are already conflicting with people's, you know, perceptions, you know. Right. Uh, biggest Marvel, one being Flash. Yeah. Marvel itself is potentially going to be running into that same issue with uh, Disney not renewing their deal with Netflix in yeah. like the, the next year oh, or well, so. That's, again, because Disney wants to make an exclusive <laughs> app and force you to use their exclusive app. Right. All these things add up for the, the average individual, including us, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I, have, I currently have Netflix. I have Amazon Prime because I got it for free for some issue that they had with me. Yeah. And... Uh, I used to have Hulu, but I dropped it because I couldn't afford all these apps. <laughs> and I have PlayStation View for my cable service so I can watch certain sports and stuff. And that's it. And, like, even that amounts to a total of probably, I don't know, what, 50, 60 bucks if you include renewing Prime and stuff. Uh, and, yeah. And really, I only use Prime for one show, and that's that, you know, Top Gear replacement show. <laughs> I forget <laughs> the what the GT. Uh yeah, it's something. It's like yeah, that GT is the one with all of the people who used to be on Top Gear. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, but um, yeah. Other than that, I don't, <laughs> I don't even use it. You know, <laughs> so there's all these things you got to contend with. And if I had my choice between all of these options, I wouldn't choose the CBS app. I wouldn't choose the DC <laughs> streaming app. I probably wouldn't even choose the Disney app. I would probably go back to Hulu and be like, I want Hulu back. Thanks. Right. Or, uh, you know, uh, Hulu's where like all of the things are already. Yeah. Or the, uh, the like sushi Netflix. roll. What's the, what's the uh, one? Crunchy roll. Crunchy roll. That's the yeah. one I was thinking. Like if you're in <laughs> anime, I, I would choose like, any what? of those options over these individual <laughs> streaming apps, you know, it's like, Oh, Oh, VRV's out. If you're really into Attack on Titan, you can watch that like super early. Yeah. Or I could just wait for it to go to Netflix, which I'm already paying for. <laughs> so once again, it looks like great casting so far. It looks like they're doing it smart, at least from the man personnel uh, mantra. But it, it, I just, I just feel like DC and all these other properties are just sending them to their death. Yeah, like they're. <laughs> this is gambling that's what this is <laughs> and i don't think it's gonna pay off yeah no uh, this is uh mm. i am your primary customer i am your primary consumer and even if i am not interested imagine what your everyday average consumer is going to be interested in probably right. not much you know it's unless like, they have a substantial amount of financial security 
Yeah, there's like the the draw to Hulu and Netflix is that you're going to those particular things because of the massive amount that you're getting out of it. Yeah. Uh, if you have some of those people taking their own thing to their own private thing that you have to pay for separately, and it's just the one thing that you'd only be interested in, yeah. why would you pay that much just to watch that one thing? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, on to the next news item with that disappointing news. We have more disappointing news. More disappointing news. All right, this uh, comic series I'm not really familiar with because it came after Rebirth and I haven't really been reading it or anything because obviously we've been trying to get everything set up for ourselves. Oh, yeah. But uh, the the comic Superwoman has been canceled and the last issue appears to be issue 18, which is coming in the far future. Uh, no reasons. I'm guessing it just wasn't selling well. It, based on the covers, I'm guessing Superwoman is just Power Girl because uh, it, the, the outfit is very similar. It's a safe assumption. So, I, again, I haven't read it. I don't know what's going on in it. I apologize for not knowing what the hell's <laughs> going on in it. But, again, we've been backed up a little bit. Yeah. That, that's uh, uh, one thing that uh, you will notice pretty quickly watching us is that uh, while we are huge comic book nerds and fans, in the real world, it's next to impossible to keep up with absolutely everything. <laughs> Both financially and in time management, so yeah, forgive us. But uh, <laughs> hopefully once we get all this stuff paid for and more financially secure, we'll have more time to leisurely go out and buy more comics and do more videos and stuff. Yeah, or maybe just another person to cover all the things we don't (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but in happier news uh you were talking about this batman white knight has been expanded to eight issues from the original six issues that it were uh proposed yeah i don't know if you've been reading this i haven't uh but i know the premise is basically joker has been reformed to some yeah, extent. He he's rehabilitated. And he's trying to get elected to city council or something, you know. And Batman as Bruce Wayne <laughs> is trying to figure out what's going on. Is there something nefarious here? And keeping his eye on him and probably trying to prevent him from getting there, but <laughs> Yeah. Uh yeah. This is what I like to call a complete flipping of the script. Um Instead of it being focused on Batman dealing with the Joker, this one is focused on the man who used to be the Joker dealing with Batman from a perspective of, and pardon me for using a meme, but uh, from my point of view, the Jedi are evil. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of what, that's kind of what I'm getting from this is like this is the Joker is no longer the Joker. They actually use the real name that they came up for the Joker from like the Tim Burton Batman. Really? Yeah. That like he he is literally called Jack Napier. Which okay. uh, <laughs> cool. Yes. Yeah, three three names. Uh, like got, that'll be one gonna, of them. Yeah. If you're gonna pick one, I'd prefer the Jack Napier over the Red Hood version. Yeah. Uh, or the Gotham version. <laughs> it, it, yeah, no one. I, I am never going to call the Joker Jerome. 
<sighs> anyway, uh, yeah, uh, basic premise is uh, what happens when we have a reformed Joker trying to basically put Batman behind bars because he thinks what Batman's doing is wrong <laughs> and evil, which... Uh, first hearing that concept i was like what no but then i thought about it and it, it the thought popped into my mind what would it look like for someone who's been repeatedly punched in the face by a guy in a bat costume <laughs> to suddenly actually come to his senses and maybe think that he should put a stop to a guy in a bat costume running around and punching people in the face yeah <laughs> It's a cool concept, and I, I I think it's pretty neat. I know we had uh, other things that kind of skirted these lines. Like, I know Batman and Joker have had to team up a few times for different stories. Like, uh, I think it was Batman and Europa. Yeah. Where they're trying to solve something in, in France, and, you know, they had... The Joker specific volume comic where it was just the perspective of one of the henchmen after Joker has been released for being reformed and then obviously goes back to being the Joker. Right. Uh, There's actually a... I just remembered something else I had read. Uh, it was a, a Batman story arc called uh, the, the War of Jokes and Riddles. Which is... Uh, I'm not sure if this was uh, is this New the 52. newer one. I'm not sure if this was New Fifty Two or if this is Rebirth. I'm pretty but... sure it's the new Rebirth one. Yeah, I don't know if they finished it, but it was going on for a while. Yeah, uh, yeah. The Batman has something to ask Catwoman, uh, but before he can, uh, he needs to come clean about something from his past. And yeah, this is a like proto Joker, proto Riddler story. This is like we're going to give these two characters an even deeper backstory of what they were doing before, like they get into like their main shtick. Yeah, which it definitely gave me a different lens to view the Joker through. Yeah, well, you know how I feel about Joker origins. <laughs> <laughs> the more mysterious and vague, the better. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, fortunately for that story, this wasn't like before his, his face went white and his lips got dyed red. This was uh, he, like just after this is happening. Uh, what what does he do? Like in his first like few outings as the Joker. And what he does and what the Riddler does is some of the most, hor not horrifying, probably disturbing specifically for the Joker, uh, but terrifying for the Riddler because, like, if someone like that, like, existed in real life, uh, I, I don't know if, like, any kind of law enforcement would be able to put a <laughs> stop to this guy. Yeah. Well, he's smarter than you, and he knows it. <laughs> and that's the fun of Riddler. Yes, it is. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, look, it's like a another another take on the Joker in The White Knight. That kind of made me think of all that. So, uh, 
that, my friends, is the news. So, Chris, what books are we going to be hitting this week? Well, Anne-Marie, I thought you'd never ask. Up first, from Marvel. Forgive me, my throat's hurting, so I might stop for a second. We have All New Guardians of the Galaxy, number 12, with Deadpool on the front. I don't understand what he's doing with the Guardians, but he's there. Yeah, let's throw him in a book. We have Black Panther Prelude, number one. We have Cable, number 150, Legacy. We have Champions, number 13, Legacy. We have Deadpool versus Old Man Logan, number one. Throw him in another book. (laughs) We have (laughs) Doctor Strange, number 26. We have Generation X, number seven, Catfight. All right, uh, can we stop for a second and talk about this cover for uh, Doctor Strange? Uh, he's looking he, a little ragged. He 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 looked like he got into a, a boxing match, not just a fist fight, a boxing match. Which I don't I don't know again if we forgot how to write a Doctor Strange story, but he he's supposed to be magical. And he's also supposed to have broken hands, so yeah, I feel like you're not going going to be punching people too hard with messed up hands that shake. Right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what they were thinking here, or if that doesn't really represent what's in the issue. But yeah, it's just yeah. an artist doing what he wants. Yeah, it's like it uh, looks cool, but that's what it, variants are for. But I don't know. Yeah, maybe he's fist fighting with somebody. Maybe. Uh, let's see here. We have Invincible Iron Man, number 593, Legacy. We have Journey to Star Wars, The Last Jedi, Captain Phasma, number four. (laughs) (laughs) Star Wars books, man. Keeps happening. (laughs) Shorten the name. We have Luke Cage, number 166, Legacy. We have Monsters Unleashed. Still going. Number seven, Legacy. Still happening. We have Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man, number five. We have Secret Warriors, number seven. We have Spider-Gwen, number 25, Legacy. We have Star Wars, Poe Dameron, number 20. We have The Incredible Hulk, number 709, Legacy. Hey... We have The Mighty Thor, number 700, Legacy. We have Venom, number 156, Legacy. And finally, we have X-Men Gold, number 14, Legacy, with a pretty baller Magneto on the cover. (laughs) If you can count on him for one thing... From DC Comics, we have Aquaman, number 29. We have Batman, number 33, featuring Desert Bat on a horse. We have (laughs) Batman the Drowned, number one. Basically, Aquabat. Aquabat? We have... Bat? (laughs) Batwoman, number eight. We have Bombshells United, number four. We have Future Quest Showcase, number three. Space goes coast to coast. (laughs) We have Green Arrow, number 33. 
We have Green Lanterns, number 33. We have Harley Quinn, number 30. We have Injustice 2, number 12. We have Justice League, number 31. We have Mad Magazine, number 548. We have Nightwing, number 31. Hey! Yeah! We have Super Sons, number 9. We have Superman, number 33. We have Teen Titans Go, number 24. My secret favorite. We have The Wild Storm, (laughs) number 8. Read it, because Grifter is awesome. Yes, please read Wildstorm. Oh my god, so good. (laughs) We have Titans, number 16. We have Trinity, number 14. We have Wonder Woman slash Conan, number 2. From IDW, we have... And there's a lot of variants. There's a lot of variants. Come on, IDW. Give me something other than variants. Tell me they made something. They made a lot of variants. That's what they made. All right. Uh, all right. IDW has failed this week. <laughs> From Image Comics, we have Bitch Planet, triple feature, number five. Hey. Seems like they're always on this list. We have... Genius Cartel, number three. We have Invincible, number 141. Oh, yeah. Still on track. We have Kill or Be Killed, number 13. Hey. We have Maestros, number one. We have Mage, the Hero Denied, number three. We have Savage Dragon, number 227. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. We have variants. That's it. That's it? (laughs) For image. From Dynamite Entertainment, we have variants, variants, variants. Justice Inc. Faces of Justice, number three. Justice. Justice. (laughs) We have the Dresden Files, Dogmen, number five. We have Vampirella's variants, whatever. Uh, of which there are many. Uh, next up. Oh, my God. All these variants from these companies, man. From Boom Studios, we have Adventure Time Comics number 16. We have Bill and Ted Save the Universe number 5. We have Kong, Gods of Skull Island number 1. We have Lumberjanes, number 43. We have Misfit City, number 6. We have Rugrats, Rugrats, number 1. We have... No Rugrats. (laughs) Yeah, I could have pronounced that a little better. That's all from Boom. From Dark Horse Comics, we have Department H, number 19. We have Halo, Rise of Atriox, number three. We have Sherlock Frankenstein and the Legion of Evil, number one. Didn't know that that was a thing. From Valiant, we have variants. From... Archie Comics, we have Archie and Me Comics Digest number one. 
From Aftershock Comics, we have Animosity number 10. And that might... See it, Vertigo. Vertigo, we have Astro City number 48. It's always good to see a Vertigo book. It makes me happy inside. I feel like I never see them. I guess the relaunch is coming, though. It's happening. And that is everything coming to your local comic book shops this week. <laughs> Support your local comic book shops. <laughs> <laughs> and digital devices this week. <laughs> and now it's time to hand out the prestigious, nay life-changing, award of cover and variant cover of the week. Intriguing. Mm. Let's see what we got. And drum roll. For cover of the week, we have... Maestros, number one, by two people, Dave Stewart and Steve, uh, I'll say Scroce, or Scroce, S-K-R-O-C-E. Scratch. Uh, It's nice that they have two artists on there. I don't know (laughs) if one's a colorist or if they actually did two parts and put them together. But it looks pretty cool. It's pretty trippy. He's got a big monster on there. There's a bunch of, like you know illusionary things within the background that's kind of kind of plays with your eyes a little bit yeah you could see the a galaxy being reflected off the off of someone's back and the most important thing it's not marvel or dc this week hey it's an image comic so great job guys your cover looks awesome you should feel awesome yeah and you i hope to see more of you guys in the future yes please more of this next up Our variant cover of the week. From DC Comics, we have Batwoman number eight variant by Michael Cho. And this one just kind of has the typical Batwoman noir, uh, red, white, and black display. And uh, (laughs) defining shapes, it looks a lot like those old like detective cover movies and stuff from the 50s and 60s and stuff. Always have a soft spot for that kind of style. Yeah, and I've been wanting to give it to Batwoman for several weeks, (laughs) and each each because they've had several great variants. Uh, But this one, I think, finally deserved it more than the other variants. So we are glad to hand it out. Great job by Michael Cho and our friends at DC Comics. Good on you. And that, for our new friends out there, this is the part of the show where we each discuss a topic of our choosing about the world of comics. Feel free to join in in the comments section or to tweet at us on Twitter. Emery, what's your topic? Yeah, so uh, the topic that I had for today is what makes a character great? This is something I've been thinking about for a while, and I feel like we always touch on this issue, but like I think we've touched we've never on addressed it. it directly. I think, yeah, and I think it's about time. Is uh, I think in reading Mister Miracle in particular, it's uh, kind of highlighted to me one of the various things that can make a character great, and I think it's about time we get into that. All right. So for you, Emery, what makes a character great? And what Uh, would be an example? The thing that makes a character great for me, personally, is the struggle. Hashtag the struggle is real. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Is fighting with your owner a struggle? For example, the current DC movies. 
for example, Ooh. being placed on the digital streaming app exclusively. Yeah, that's an uphill battle. I'd call that a struggle. Yeah, if they make it out of that alive, uh, that will be uh, <laughs> that will be mighty heroic. Uh, <clears throat> well, jokes uh, aside, <laughs> jokes aside, um, from Marvel, uh, one of the most famous characters that showcases the struggle is Spider Man. Spider-Man... Both of them? Which one? <laughs> ben Riley. <laughs> Peter Parker. Okay. <laughs> Spider-Man, not Kid Arachnid or Sp- Spider-Boy or Spider-Lad or any of the other things that I'm going to call Miles Morales. Are <laughs> uh, the many clones. Yeah, or any of the many clones. Uh, Clone Saga Ben Riley. I'm looking at you. And also Scarlet Spider Kane. I'm looking at you too. Or Doc Ock Spider-Man. Or Doc... Uh, that was still... That was still Peter Parker. He was just possessed. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dan Slot. I refuse to acknowledge this. <laughs> The book was good. The idea was dumb. (laughs) It was dumb and you should feel dumb. (laughs) So back to the Peter Parker that counts. Uh, Peter Parker, since his inception, has been a character when he's not defined by his battles whilst wearing tights, he is defined by his struggle in the what passes for the real world over there. Um, he was uh, a kid who lost his parents. Uh, he was a kid who like was living in Queens, bullied, picked on, broke, broke. Yeah. He's like he, all of those things. And he was poor. Blamed himself for the death of his uncle. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably the biggest one. Yeah, it's like the the time when he like first gets his powers, he does what any sane person would tr- would do and try to use that as a form of making money mm. because he's poor. Is partially responsible for the death of the woman he loved. This <laughs> uh, <laughs> gets worse. Oh, it gets worse. <laughs> as in he had a direct hand in it. Yeah, it. Ooh, man. Yeah. <laughs> when you are not only blaming yourself for inaction and the death of your uncle, but you also had a physical direct participation yeah. in the death of the person you love. Wrong. Stacy died. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it hurts. It hurts so deep. Spider Man has a personal struggle that his best some... friend is a tool oh <laughs> like his, kill him. <laughs> his, his best friend is more than a tool his, his best friend has been a turbo douche secretly from day one yeah <laughs> yeah um <laughs> and on top of all that like not just uh being inactive and letting a criminal get away with something that you could have stopped and having that result in losing your uncle Mm -hmm. and then trying to save 
your girlfriend from falling a ridiculous height, but because of your inexperience with how physics works, you inadvertently end up snapping your girlfriend's neck. Um, yeah, it's like for, from there, uh, let's add, okay, we're going to give him a girlfriend, but uh, we're, we're going to have that be like off and on, like will they, won't they... Mm-hmm. For decades, <laughs> and we're gonna have his uh, professional career also give birth to his greatest villain. Well, I'm gonna say second greatest. First will always be Green Goblin, uh, like his mirror opposite. His, for lack of a better phrase, uh, like the ink-stained version. Mm-hmm. And then you have his high school bully becoming a jacked-up alien symbiote monster <laughs> who can uh, now bully him in the superhero world <laughs> as well as the high school world. Uh, you gotta wonder how much psychological trauma that causes <laughs> that your high school bully follows you into your secret superhero adulthood. <laughs> Granted, he becomes kind of a good guy eventually, but... Right. Uh, Surfing in Iraq will do that. (laughs) Apparently. It didn't start that way, though. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, no. Things are... It's like, oh, I bullied him. Guess who also bullied him? An alien goop thing that also, like, bonds to people. This is going to be a match made in heaven. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Poor kid. Or, <laughs> this oh, discussing this is making me feel bad for oh, Peter it, Parker. It, like, it, 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 it gets worse. Oh. It gets worse. Oh. When I say it gets worse, I mean one more day. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you who haven't read One More Day, don't. Also, <laughs> don't. <laughs> uh, uh, the reason I say don't is because I'm going to spoil it for you because it is probably one of the most painful things I've ever had to read in my life. How old is it now? Uh, that is like seven years. Yeah, you've had time. That's yeah, you, you, like people have had time to re- you can close recover your ears from for this. Five minutes, we'll be through it. Yeah. Um. Oh, so you know what's worse than losing Uncle Ben? Losing Aunt May to the kingpin, and then. To like uh, put the the cherry on top of this uh, shit fudge Sunday, um, <laughs> we're then going to be offered a deal with the devil. <laughs> that deal being, you can save Aunt May. It'll just cost this relationship with Mary Jane that you've fought for and maintained for. God knows how long, and the daughter that would result of this. Aunt May's lived a good long life. (laughs) (laughs) Those were my words. (laughs) (laughs) Guess what he chose? Oh, we we are not surprised what he chose. uh, No, no, not at all. Because, let's be honest, he doesn't fucking give a shit about MJ. (laughs) She's the uh, cheap replacement of Gwen Stacy. Cheap replacement when he already even though has, she's way hotter. Yeah, it's like she has it. she has way hotter. Uh, like she is way hotter. But Peter Parker also has a 
lady in waiting, I will call uh, Black Cat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there is a little yeah, of everybody. Yeah. Carly Cooper uh, for like a short bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he, he's. Whew. He's had it rough. He's had some minor victories, but most of his life is kind of a shit show. Yeah, there's another character that I think is also made great, not only for his, you know, kind of power or whatever, but also for the multitude of struggles he has had to endure. And when I say multitude, I mean hundreds of years worth of struggle and probably more into the future. Wolverine. (laughs) This is a man who has been tortured and used and murdered more or less his entire life. He has been hunted on his birthday every year by Sabretooth. He has had... Not one, but several governments experiment on him, including the U.S., Canada, and Russia. Uh, uh, yeah. He like... has had his bones melded to adamantium, <laughs> an indestructible metal uh, uh, that weigh him down and slowly kill him in some instances. Uh, yeah, adamantium when... is, while sounding really awesome in that like, once it cools, it's unbreakable, it's still... A foreign object inside the human body. Which means his body is constantly attacking it and causing him great pain. Uh, His bones can no longer flex (laughs) like a normal human being, and I imagine that causes great pain. Uh, Uh, His body is shrunk (laughs) by the process because it weighs so much. Uh, It's a wonder why he doesn't do harder things than, you know, drink. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, he, which he can't even feel more often than not because his body processes it so quickly and repairs his livers. <laughs> uh, I mean, for for Captain America, not being able to get drunk is cheeky and fun. For Wolverine, given what he is, it's sad and tragic. And we can talk about Spider-Man having had a physical hand in killing the woman he loved, but Wolverine has literally killed his entire entire offspring in one instance in one battle killed every single child that he had at the time (laughs) unintentionally being tricked into murdering every child (laughs) he has lost every woman he has ever loved Uh, it hurts to an outrageous extent Uh, yeah um and when the when he doesn't lose them, they become like one of his worst enemies. He has <laughs> endured having the adamantium stripped from his bones by Magneto. Oh. He has died in several different iterations. Uh, yeah, usually from a sentinel or from Magneto or something similar. Yeah. Uh he has had to deal with his offspring and his pseudo clones <laughs> wanting to kill him and having to basically babysit these fucks <laughs> into his later years oh. um he is constantly getting his ass attacked by hulk or some other large <laughs> entity simply because he can take the abuse <laughs> like uh, uh the the hulk is rampaging in uh 
I don't know, the Great White North, like, Yukon Territory where, like, no one lives. Um, how are we going to handle this? Throw the Wolverine at it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have the fact that he has been through just about every major conflict over the past century including World War 1, World War 2, uh Vietnam, the Korean War. <laughs> uh, uh that it, he has been all over the place. Yeah, that being that, murdered and shot and gassed and stabbed is like he he has been through so many things that would kill a normal man. Uh and it's one it, thing to say, okay, he doesn't fear it cuz he probably won't die. But that's a lot of pain to go through. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of suffering. Uh, the that's, fact that that's he, a lot like, of people he has outlived. He he doesn't get numb to it. Like his his brain, not his brain. His like his body, and also his brain, regenerate to the point where popping his claws, that thing that looks really cool all of the time. Yeah. It, it's like imagine it causes breaking, him immense pain. It, imagine breaking a bone to the point where that bone has somehow pierced through your skin. That's basically what that is. Three times, three times between your knuckles. Oh, yeah, it's not pleasant. Yeah, th- this is actually kind of the most emo character <laughs> I've ever heard of. When we put it in those terms, is like, and yeah. all of this is like he he does it because he doesn't care. Is like, is like everything's dark, everything's shit. Yeah. Is like I I I was in love once, which, uh, fun fact, uh, Jean Grey was not his first redhead. <laughs> yeah. There's one from his childhood that, um, let's just say, uh falls into type (laughs) yeah so uh, if we're going to be talking about characters suffering spider-man is definitely a big candidate but i think wolverine is just as big if not much bigger because Uh, he's had to endure uh, over a hundred years of it yeah like by default (laughs) wolverine kind of takes the cake when it comes to like which one suffers worse yeah and then he always has to deal with the douchebaggery that is cyclops so you know (laughs) Because Cyclops is a dick, and nobody can convince me otherwise. Oh my god, <laughs> Cyclops is a is, dick. Is not a dick a on purpose. Dick. Oh, he's a dick on purpose. <laughs> he is he's natural like, made to be a dick. <laughs> uh, okay, I will. I'm going to defend Cyclops. Till You're the, wasting your time till the day I die. <laughs> he actually had recently. A really good solo series, mind you. With Space Dad, with Space Dad, <laughs> yeah, Corsair, because that—that's a name we actually choose for ourselves. Because everybody uh, needs a Space Dad, apparently. Sp- space Dad, uh, Space Pirate Dad. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it, imagine. Sounds your, really familiar. Yeah, it, imagine your dad was like a a seventies swinger type. That for some reason looks like George Michael from Wham, <laughs> but gallivants across the galaxy like he's Space Captain Jack Sparrow. Does he have the lipstick too? Uh, he might. <laughs> uh, like what? What happens in space stays in space, <laughs> unless you're the Phoenix. Drag is totally cool in space. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so those are two big candidates. I mean, the obvious ones you can point to basically Batman, you know, having the trauma of watching his parents be murdered in front of him, but then also inheriting a billion dollars in a huge corporation and the best education money can buy and a loving guardian and Alfred and... Uh, okay, he loses his parents in a very tragic way, but he has a lot to fall back on. So, uh, granted, you can't really overcome, like, that type of mental trauma. As a person that has, you know, seen <laughs> a parent dead, <laughs> uh, I can tell you that's, that sticks with you for a long time. Um, But, I mean, he, <laughs> he literally has no other worries in the world that he doesn't <laughs> create for himself. That's true. Um, like, every other bad thing that happens to him from that point on it is it's something that he chose. Always something he chose, got himself into, even with, like, the woman that he always tortures himself, that he can't be with them because he doesn't <laughs> want to put them at risk, and he can't, take, oh, he can't yeah, draw yeah. away from his obsession. <laughs> it's his fault. <laughs> and it has nothing to do with them, you know? Because he's Batman. Because he's Batman. <laughs> uh and but it does give him that added dimension uh even most of the robins have something similar with the exception of maybe damian wayne <laughs> and, uh, his, his douchebaggery shows because of it actually tim drake like the person who his parents were bums but they were there uh, well I, guess. I mean it, his dad was there like i don't know what happened to his mom but uh i mean he this was a kid who decided to become robin okay the the way that they put it in the story is like he became robin because he was seeing what batman was becoming and decided that batman needs a robin otherwise yeah. things kind of get real dark around it here. was something of his own little obsession and he was smart enough to figure it out yeah i'm gonna say he became robin for funsies <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's probably true it's so like look Tim what Drake i can is do. probably the one that doesn't have like the big struggle really oh He's yeah no it's really like, smart it's like <laughs> and bored this <laughs> is like i i bet you i become robin by next week yeah <laughs> So, I mean, there's a little bit. Uh, Dick Grayson saw his parents killed uh, by, you know, mobsters, basically, that were angry at the owner of the the circus or whatever. It, and then, Yeah, we're, we're not even going to talk about the whole, you grew up in the circus. Yeah, Todd, Jason Todd had an abusive upbringing and then was basically <laughs> stealing the rims off the Batmobile. Technically, Jason Todd had two bad upbringing oh 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 <laughs> oh <laughs> we're going there oh sad hey, todd <laughs> hey, we, we well had... i guess dying once will do that to you huh well well uh, yeah it's he... quite a struggle <laughs> death <laughs> he had an upbringing so bad uh, well not an upbringing so bad he had a comic book run so bad and so obviously pulled from the previous robin that uh it there was a vote cast by the fans to kill him to murder him <laughs> the, the fans not the writers not the publisher the fans the, voted to murder a robin <laughs> <laughs> we voted to murder a teenage boy <laughs> <laughs> it hurts yeah but then they fixed it by Giving him a worse upbringing, yeah. and, and even like with the iconic like Superman, you have oh his 
you know, his people are all dead, <laughs> with the exception of the random cousin that shows up from time to time. Like, I am the uh, last son of Krypton. Hey, wait a minute. He, he grew <laughs> what are up, you doing here? He grew up on another planet uh, with, granted, good characters, he's the, uh, good he's parents. The, um, the ultimate immigrant. In most iterations, his father dies of illness, usually heart attack or something, which adds more depth to his character. He has to pretend to be a human and do a normal human job, even though he has all these powers. <laughs> he he uh, didn't lose him to a tornado. Uh, he's always struggling. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, I hate that movie. Um, <laughs> so stupid. Why do you have to bring that up? Uh, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> That's all I can think about. Um, natural causes. Uh, he, he died from natural causes. Uh, yeah. It's the part of the thing that makes him Superman is that uh, he realizes that... He can't he, save everybody. He, he yeah. can't save everyone, no matter how powerful he gets. He has to deal with this jack off, Bruce Wayne. <laughs> that in, in and of itself is a struggle. Um, but I mean, even uh, even a character as big and powerful as him has some kind of struggle. So I I think there's definitely something to that saying that having some kind of significant struggle makes the character great. Oh yeah, at, at least contributes to it. Yeah, it's uh, it's the one thing that makes the character relatable. Mm-hmm. And when we talk about struggle, I'm assuming this is the same for you. We're not talking about struggling with a particular villain. Oh, I got to face this asshole this week. Oh, no, 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 no. We're talking about lives, your your actual life. Like, this is what happens when we're not beating up on some weirdly dressed asshole. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The human aspect to it. Yeah. What else? Um, Well... I'm gonna go from the like the really deep thing about a character to the the very surface level of a character. Uh, every single one of these characters are weirdly dressed assholes. <laughs> <laughs> that includes you, Superman. I don't care how nice you are. It, it's like just by virtue of being you. And the fact that like everyone is going to aspire to some impossible standard that kind of makes you an asshole <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, yeah, I love you, but you're kind of an asshole <laughs> just <laughs> for existing, <laughs> but yeah, uh like costume design, you can go super weird and kind of nonsensical and abstract like. My new favorite, Mr. Miracle. Or you can kind of play to a theme, like Batman. Like uh, like when when it's not black, it's gray with some black. Purple. Blue. <laughs> Thank you, Rebirth. <laughs> <laughs> Let's add a yellow border. Purple interior cape. <laughs> <laughs> It'll remind everyone of every form of Batman. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we need. Yeah. Um, Nightwing is like, that's an example. It's black and blue Nightwing. I think, I like like the the red. Red. I don't hate the blue, obviously. I I love the blue, but I like the red a lot. I would like. I liked it a lot more before there was a red Robin and a red hood, though. And I would have liked it. Had it not been something that reminded me of Batman and Robin. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Schumacher. 
uh yeah it's like that that's an example of keeping it simple yeah it is like the clear iconic like blue or red thing going across the chest and just the rest of it's black yeah i think there's something to be said about the longevity of a great character in its costume design i mean with superman there's really not much you can do <laughs> i mean the uh, big the biggest change tried. the biggest change they've made is like the cape over the shoulders cape behind the shoulders and the underwear inside the pants outside the pants <laughs> oh you're it's, forgetting the 90s sir oh yeah the mullet and then the the super blue and super <laughs> red and yeah uh, there's so many different <laughs> goofy forms uh, yeah uh superman with electric feels yeah, wonder woman <laughs> had this the curls the big perm <laughs> <laughs> perm Wonder Woman. Uh, uh, so, yeah. uh, I think there is something to be said about having a forward-thinking outfit. I think a lot of people always look at Wonder Woman and Superman as a little bit corny, even like if they who, love them. Like, who would really wear that? Because besides these, a nut. Yeah, because <laughs> these these outfits were. You know, meant for kids in the 30s, 40s, 50s, you know? Yeah. It was yeah like, they weren't, oh, they weren't meant that. to be taken seriously, but now they're in very serious adult contexts in a lot of cases, and they do come off as a little goofy <laughs> and silly. And there really isn't much getting around that. Uh, but other characters like Nightwing, like Gambit. Yeah. <laughs> they uh, have very simple uniforms that will probably last for a while that can be altered very little by little to make them more relatable you know i i will say in reference to gambit uh his more recent costumes are probably the simplest they've ever gone with him otherwise anyone who remembers him from the 90s will remember that gambit probably had one of the busiest costumes ever well, I mean, we had Disco Nightwing, too, so... Oh, yeah, that, that's right. that was pretty awful. Where right. he, he had the popped collar <laughs> and, like, yellow. The, the deep V. <laughs> <laughs> that and, was pretty horrible. Okay, it, that one... I'm, I'm glad they had the foresight to change it, because that would not have lasted well into the future. <laughs> yeah. They, they tried to give that a pass by saying, oh, that's his costume from when he was, like, one of the Flying Graysons. Yeah, because that'll keep your secret identity. <laughs> <laughs> wearing the uniform wait a of minute the flying graysons when you are the lone surviving flying grayson <laughs> i've been to that circus <laughs> <laughs> it's almost as dumb as wearing a big g on your chest <laughs> tom king i'm looking at you You're grayson uh tom king don't ever do grayson again but tom king Please keep doing Mr. Miracle. Yeah. This is where you belong. <laughs> but there, there's, again, Grayson was a good book. I just, I hated the concept. It, 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 it should principle. have been someone else. Yeah. Uh, Grifter. Grifter. Again. An- another character with a simple and cool costume. It's literally just a face bandana with eyes <laughs> and, a you know, an outfit. That's it. it yeah. Yeah. Let, let's go with that, please. But uh, yeah, there's definitely something to be said about the longevity of the the outfit. If you have a really goofy, over the top uniform, it's probably not going to last very long, uh, or at least it'll be difficult, more difficult for people to approach it. But 
when you have that iconic status like a Wonder Woman, like a Superman, it's really hard to leave it behind, you know? Right. It's really hard no to abandon it. No matter how much it. they try yeah. sometimes. Because you're just going to get nothing but hate. I thought what they did in uh, Action Comics for the New 52 launch was kind of cool. They went back to an earlier stage of Superman before he had the big Kryptonian suit or what, what, however they wanted to justify it. Yeah, giving he, him he literally a wore, shirt and pants. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He, wore, he wore a T-shirt yeah. and pants, and it had the Superman logo on it. Yeah. And I, it looked cool. I actually kind of dug that because it made me think, uh, this is a guy who was raised by a couple of farmhands. Yeah. And like he decided to become a hero, but keep it simple. Yeah. And by keep it simple, I mean he just took some clothes and put it an S on his chest. Yeah. And they they brought it back later in the New Fifty Two towards the end when uh and the regular Superman where he, I think he kind of like lost his powers or something temporarily. Oh, uh, well, he just started yeah, he, wearing the T-shirt and stuff. He hilariously gained a new power, and because he used that new power... <laughs> he, he lost he, he the was, rest, yeah. He, was, he lost the rest for... He used, a, some, he used yeah. solar flare. <laughs> <laughs> he, he solar flared or nuclear bombed, and yeah. then just like, oh, that drains all of my power. If Krillin can do it, you can do it, you douche. <laughs> <laughs> You're Superman. <laughs> you, by default, should be able to do that move more than once. <laughs> Is like you are literally soaking up the sun at all times, sir. So yeah, I, I totally agree. There's something to be said about costume. For me, as some characters actually lose a lot of points because of their costume. Prior to this this series, mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Miracle was at the top of the list, <laughs> and basically everybody included in the High Father tr- group. You know, yeah, Orion was kind of cool because he had like the war helmet and stuff. But Barda with a giant like you <laughs> thing and the boobs hanging out and that was, was kind of stupid. And then Mister Miracle with the full body suit with a cape up above his head, <laughs> kind of goofy. I give I give Doctor Strange the same issues because again he's just got the big goofy cape that goes way over his head. And, you know, looks straight out of you know the <laughs> issues from the nineteen fifties sixties. Capes do not work this way. Good night. Yeah, I, I think I think you can update character costumes to keep them relevant you know or at least when you create them have the kind of the foresight to be like okay we we need to make this adjustable which yeah superman is really not uh, it's, it's hard they, to they, adjust they, that without angering everybody yeah they've oh yeah that always ire from the hardcore yeah that uh yeah that <laughs> there's something about that popped collar on the cape <laughs> it's just like how disco wing with the popped collar it's even like, you know just how it's like it'd be one thing if it like came up to their cheek yeah if it came up to their cheek that would be one thing but above your head <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's it's just a little excessive. I don't know. Yeah, it just looks goofy. And oh. yeah, there's a lot of characters like that. Yeah, you know, both in Marvel and DC. And I I would, <laughs> I just wish in like modern times they would tone it down just a little bit, especially for new characters. You know. Yeah, I say that, but uh, I I thought of Spawn. 
Spawn is a demon. It's a little different. <laughs> Spawn is a little different. He's a demon with a demon cape that manifests itself, you know, like in it, different it, forms it, and stuff. It's like. a living cape. Okay. Technically, so is the cloak of levitation. Thank you, Doctor Strange. With that being said, I would have hoped that if you know, we can see to a living cape having the good sense to not be uh, that high. <laughs> we can it, fold. <laughs> You're fo- allowed to fo- fold. Folding is a thing. Let's maybe do a little bit more of that. <laughs> um, Spawn, as much as I don't want to say I'm looking at you, I'm kind of looking at you. Yeah, that's pretty high. <laughs> uh, but there is one thing I will say about that. Like things like that, like kind of like goofy things, like um, without having a cape, Iron Fist at one point managed to have a collar that high. <laughs> yeah, he Weirdly. also had the deep V and the big <laughs> collar. Yeah, yeah, with lime green tights yeah. and all that kind of nonsense. Which I feel it, like that's it, another thing we could probably drift away from. Yeah. <laughs> Nightwing kind of makes sense. He was a circus performer. It makes sense for him to wear like a leotard or something, you know, with like padding. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but when <laughs> when you're just a guy <laughs> running around in spandex, it's, it's, you can give him some jeans. <laughs> him I, or her, you yeah. know, Marshall, the, the female superheroes yeah. don't have to wear a single body bathing suit <laughs> to every battle. <laughs> you know, I don't uh, okay. Know. I say that, or I agree with that. But I would love for that version of Ms. Marvel to come back. <laughs> uh, nothing know. against. I think they're Captain allowed Marvel. to. I think they're good having pants. <laughs> I'm okay with it. I I like the eye candy from time to time. I I admit it, but it is kind of silly. Yeah, it, <laughs> I, I I get it. It makes more sense. But I miss it. <laughs> You have the Wonder Woman from the 90s with the high-waisted <laughs> single body suit. Oh, yeah. Let's show as much hip yeah. as possible. Yeah, it's just kind of silly. I don't know. Yeah, this is uh, all basically visual shorthand to let people know, this is the character you're looking at. <laughs> For some reason, we needed to add, like, while most characters had, like, one thing that made it pre- pretty obvious, we had characters like gambit who had like seven different things going on yeah it's like when, when it wasn't the bright the, the bright pink chest thing going on uh it was the jacket the gloves the pants that also had pink stripes on the sides because why not because why not we're already here uh and and then knee-high boots yeah. i mean there's knee- some there's something to be said about letting artists have their ways with these characters because again they're they're comic books they're meant to be bright and flashy and fun but right uh maybe i'm just being too cynical as an adult <laughs> and i will admit you know i'll be the first to admit i'm a little cynical when it comes to the stuff you know <laughs> uh, gambit you could get away with it because you know there were smaller things that just made him more eye-popping in my opinion yeah it was like never it- had some drastic costume change i don't think i don't know uh (laughs) uh there there was one time when he was a horseman of the apocalypse (laughs) okay (laughs) you got me there (laughs) yeah uh 
the time when he went uh it, it, that that was blackface <laughs> <laughs> it was like he he drank this elixir that was given to him by apocalypse he went full mr piccolo yeah uh, or, yeah uh, mr popo that's it's what, like yeah. he went full popo <laughs> oh. you never go full popo <laughs> <laughs> like his hair went like stark white and it's like his 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 face his face was like completely black like full mr popo like charcoal no. like blacker than most people's coffee and then so was the rest of his costume <laughs> <laughs> it's like it was like that that was that was drastic so were there any other things that you feel need to be that in make a, a character, character great? great yeah um A really good villain. Yeah, that's usually a must. Yeah. <laughs> you need at least one. <laughs> so many, some characters have none. Yeah. Or they just frequently borrow from another character. I'm looking at UDC borrowing Batman's villains constantly. <laughs> Let's face it. What happens in Gotham should stay in Gotham. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the villain is probably... I. Th- I would say is probably like the second most important after their daily struggle, you know. Oh yeah, their daily human trait, you know. Yeah, um, and that's one thing that can actually be kind of messed with is uh, it's it's common to make the their antagonist a person, like a physical person, yeah. um. With characters like Gambit, uh, for him, it's mostly the law because he keeps breaking it. Seems to be a pattern. Uh, Yeah. Uh, With Iron Man, it was alcoholism. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was his best villain. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of characters that don't have longevity, the Mandarin. <laughs> oh, it hurts. So racist. So racist. Oh, yeah, that was a sign of the times. <laughs> like when you come up with a main villain for a character that is a complete embodiment of like the Red Scare. Like, did we really just make a communist Asian wizard? Yeah. Yeah, we did. Ancient Chinese secrets? Yeah. It happened. (laughs) (laughs) It's a real thing. (laughs) Like, in the comics, they tried to maybe go back on that by making him, like, a black market weapons dealer. Which is way more cool. (laughs) Yeah. Like, let's stick to that. Maybe... Never call him the Mandarin again. I mean, if he's from, you know, Mandarin China, fine. I, I, <laughs> and he's like some gang, you know, arms dealer from the Mandarin parts of China. Yeah, great. Okay. Uh, if he's a y- mystical, <laughs> s- suspicious, random Asian man. If he's with, basically David Lopan from Big Trouble in Little drawn China. Drawn in a very stereotypical fashion. <laughs> yeah, so we're talking weird hi-hat, uh, the Fu Manchu that no one actually wore on their face. Yeah. Uh, 
like long robes and spouting magics knowing ancient Chinese secrets again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a little more stereotypical. <laughs> oh, it was so bad. <laughs> Son of the times. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, he lasted way longer than he should have. Right. Uh, but one that in a lot of ways both does and doesn't stand the test of time at the same time, weirdly. Captain America and the Red Skull. Yeah, you'll. I feel like you'll always dis- <laughs> defend him, but I just—I never thought Red Skull Skull was really cool, at least in present day. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, when the, he's in the past, I like him. When he's in the present, it's, I'm always just like, why? Right. <laughs> you don't need him. The, the The Red Skull you don't need, but as with any good villain, the only time they're actually made to be really good is if the writer knows what the hell to do with them. Yeah. Which, oh. <laughs> the most recent thing that I remember about the Red Skull is that uh, he, most recently, after somehow getting both the Cosmic Cube and implanting himself with parts of the brain of Charles Xavier... Managed to turn Captain America into a Nazi. <laughs> I refuse to even acknowledge this storyline. <laughs> it's so stupid. It's so bad. I don't know. I, uh, to go back to our original premise of like interesting villains contributing to great lasting characters. Uh, just to name a few examples. We have obviously most of <laughs> Batman's uh, right. rogues gallery there. With Joker, Riddler, you name it, Clayface and <laughs> Joker, Riddler, Two Face, Clayface, yeah, uh, Mister Freeze. Mister Freeze is a big one, yeah. I mean, there's just so many with <laughs> Batman. Then with Wolverine, you have Sabretooth. With the X Men in general, you have Magneto. Yeah, um, Fantastic Four had Doctor Doom, which is I don't know. You like you love Fantastic Four. I do not, and I I think a large part of that is because their villains suck, including <laughs> including Doctor Doom. In my opinion, uh, Doctor Doom, just vague foreign guy with random powers. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Doctor Doom has exactly one power, and that power is being only second best at everything. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you uh, think he's so pissed? With Spider-Man, you have Venom and Carnage and Doc Ock and Kingpin, which is also villain for Daredevil and Punisher right. to an extent. Um, with, I don't know, Superman, even Superman as goofy as he is and as <laughs> overpowered as he is. And as, as much as his storylines often feature him just punching the problem away. <laughs> Um, he does have good villains and the conflicts he does have with Darkseid from time to time. He does have good villain in Lex Luthor, who literally uses only his brain to try to outsmart him. Yeah. I always find it really stupid when Lex <laughs> puts on a super suit and goes toe-to-toe <laughs> with him. Like, that's not what Lex Luthor does. <laughs> You're bad at your job. Stop writing. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I-, I was just thinking uh, Zod. Yeah, Zod. Zod can be a good character if written well, but I feel like he always becomes the punching bag <laughs> villain. 
or, they, or Brainiac is kind of cool in certain contexts um, when used properly. With Green Lantern, <laughs> as long oh. as they're not bringing Parallax back and stuff, <laughs> you have a really cool conflict with Sinestro. You always have like cool dynamics between the different Lantern Corps, yeah. particularly when they, they have to fight or whatever. Black Hand is pretty cool. Um, I mean, <laughs> I think one of the things that hurts Flash in particular is that his villains, again, are just like copies of himself. <laughs> It's uh, like we have Flash or one... Reverse Flash. We yes. have Flash or <laughs> that or... we the ones who aren't copies are ridiculous. Like <laughs> Captain Boomerang, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Mirror Master. You know, just it's like absolutely Weather absurd. Wizard. You know it's these like, characters that it, don't belong in modern day. It's like the Trickster. <laughs> yeah, it was, oh, it was like... a nice Mark Hamill you did there. <laughs> uh, I try. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. The... The Flash has always suffered in the villain department because, like, they tried to come up with something wacky and goofy yeah. for, like, him, for the Flash to come up with a different way to use his speed. Yeah. Which, um, if there's one thing that I've noticed about the way that DC handled, like, its bigger heroes specifically Superman, Batman, and The Flash, is that there's always something. There's always something that they have in like their back pocket or something new about themselves that they discover that, oh, yeah. this'll do it. I can change time. <laughs> I'll just run faster and solve the problem. Right. Yeah. Or I'll it... punch harder and solve the problem. <laughs> Batman actually has some ridiculous plan. <laughs> I have this gadget in my belt <laughs> that I've been saving for this one <laughs> specific occasion. Oh, God. Golden Age Superman. <laughs> There's a giant asteroid made completely of kryptonite. I will... Make a mini me to kill it. <laughs> I, I'm gonna make a mini me. Well, he's it, gonna die in the process, but it's fine yeah, it, because he's not a real person. Even that. Oh shit! Return of <laughs> Superman. His solution to preventing this giant landmass from crashing into the Earth that is filled with kryptonite. Yeah, is to push it. <laughs> <laughs> He like, just hold on. Overpowers the sickness. <laughs> As I slowly die. <laughs> just I don't know. There's some lazy writing out there for sure. But there there yeah. are the, for most of these, you know, the most great and iconic characters, they have that core villain that at least one villain, if not several, that contribute to them being a great character. Yeah. And there like are characters the w- that are significantly hurt in their legacy. By not only like an outdated suit or an outdated name, but also in that their villains are just their not, villains are weak and not garbage, not good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's uh, like for Iron Man, dude with a suit, another dude with a suit, <laughs> yeah, an Asian man with ancient Chinese magics. <laughs> okay, another dude with a suit. God damn it! <laughs> yeah. Um. I think another character, uh, probably two characters, that are really hurt by this, and I think a lot of DC characters are hurt by this when they don't just take a Batman character. Right. Uh, Aquaman. Oh. What they did in New 52 to give the basis for Black Manta was good. (laughs) 
But again, <laughs> you're fighting a dude with a big, wide-shaped scuba suit <laughs> against a man who can withstand the pressure <laughs> of the bottom of the sea and can lift a, a skyscraper and take bullets to the face without even flinching. Like, he should versus, literally be able to punch him once versus and just be done with him. A random guy in a scuba suit and a trident and a spear gun <laughs> and it, it just doesn't fit and you know then you have if you want to go the royal route which is to me the equivalent of space <laughs> somebody's right you have his brother norm who's ocean master initially yeah. being interesting because he sees himself as the true true inheritor of the throne yeah versus his half brother but then once that's concluded he's just a guy <laughs> he's, he's just another oh. ocean guy <laughs> like Dude. under the sea yeah there isn't much we can do i think aquaman <laughs> is most interesting when he's on land you know when he's it's literally the one thing that actually makes him interesting it's yeah like when, oh. he's, when he's trying to be human much like superman you know superman is not interesting to me when he's out in space <laughs> using everything as a punching bag like i'm I going to solve all of these space problems wait don't we have a police force yeah. specifically for that issue yeah yeah okay so it's it i thought it admittedly was just it's hard to make a water-based you know super villain <laughs> <laughs> but i think it would be more interesting if there was a non-water-based super villain for aquaman that challenged him on a level he hasn't been challenged you know right like, and super not superman aquaman would actually be infinitely more interesting if he was exiled from the sea yeah, and then you have Wonder Woman, who has the same problem that Superman has, and that she's basically invincible. She punches her way out of things. She's even more so an issue because she doesn't have a weakness to exploit. <laughs> she's got yeah. these unbreakable bracers. She's got the lasso that's unbreakable. <laughs> she she's super fast. She can fly. She's super strong. She can go toe to toe with Superman. Unless you're going against Martian Manhunter, there's really nothing you can do against her. There is uh, maybe one thing that you could do. I mean, she's and that's confuse her. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, but then she just goes on a murderous rampage and solves the problem. <laughs> I don't get things. Thank you, movie. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I think Wonder Woman is another character that, in addition to being kind of outdated in uniform and kind of you know dealing with these Greek gods in a world that clearly has other gods, yeah. Um, it's it's weird and kind of yeah. inconsistent, and yeah. usually what happens in her individual books is she either has a soap opera moment with the Greek gods, at least the one she hasn't killed yet, because <laughs> she's basically Kratos, and <laughs> that that is actually something that they should do with that character, and they which should they make, have done. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, in, in the movies, like they. Instead of making Batman bloodthirsty, they should have saved that for Wonder Woman. Because she actually is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that I mean, makes that, sense for her. That's always the most interesting Elseworld stuff for me. Like what they did with uh, Flashpoint with Wonder Woman and Aquaman. Yeah. And the story revolving around them. Uh, I mean, everybody knows, but I'm not going to spoil it because I want you to read it if you haven't. Yeah. But what they do with those two characters is awesome. And I love how they handled her because that is the Wonder Woman I have always imagined. 
imagined. You know, this woman who grew up in a warrior race that has all these powers and feels her need to assert her dominance it, over the, yeah. <laughs> this population, you know? Like her and is sick very, of their shit and just yeah, decides to do her own thing, you know? Yeah, her very clear dominance over the rest of man, which it would make sense. Yeah. It makes sense for her to do that. Uh, I will give this to Marvel, you know, with the exception of competing with Batman characters. Uh, they do usually have very interesting villains. Yeah. At least for the X-Men, Spider-Man, and obviously the X-Men have so many people. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, so yeah, that they makes do. up a big, a, a big plethora of characters, you know, to draw from. Um, is there any other examples you can really think of? Uh, I was trying to think of one. Uh, Run them all the time. Yeah. Uh, no, that's pretty much it for me. All right. Well, without further ado, let's get into the next topic. For me, I just wanted to quickly discuss our favorite incarnations of Robin. Which oh. one is your favorite? Why is he your favorite or she? Uh, and which one would you want alongside you? If I were Batman. If you were Batman. Okay. Um, I think personally, I'm not sure how obvious this is going to be, but when you look at all of them, of which there are like six... Yeah, I mean, we can go through them real fast. We have, yeah. uh, obviously, Dick Grayson is the first. We have Jason Todd. We have uh, Tim Drake. We have uh, the son. <laughs> Damien. <laughs> Damien. Uh, Damien Wayne. We have, briefly, Stephanie Brown. We have, I think Huntress was briefly a Robin uh, in one storyline. And then we have Carrie Kelly. Carrie Kelly, that's yeah, right. That's the one. Um, I can't think of any other ones. Are there any other ones you can really think of? Oh, there's that group that went by the name The Robins. Yeah, I'm not going to include those assholes. <laughs> there's a bunch of teenagers that went around beating the shit out of people. Just because you wear the R. Just, <laughs> just because you wear the R does not make you a Robin. Uh, with so. that said, Carrie Kelly is out because anyone who chooses the booty shorts on purpose <laughs> really doesn't know like so you're gonna get rid of dick grayson <laughs> his scaled underwear <laughs> uh, okay he he wore the scaled underwear for a short period of time okay it wasn't a short period of time but they they've gone back and said like uh we give him pants he punched green lantern in the throat (laughs) after spraying him with yellow paint uh thank you frank miller (laughs) yeah he nearly killed hal jordan like barehanded my god (laughs) that that's the real reason why he and damian wayne are such good friends (laughs) because i did the same shit um yeah, neck chop. Um <laughs> it's courtesy of Captain Insano. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, it honestly it's gonna be a fight for me between like the main three. The first three. So we got Dick, Jason, and Tim. Yeah, Dick, Jason, and Tim. Uh Dick 
didn't really have much of a choice since like he was immediately adopted by uh, Bruce Wayne like right after losing his parents in the circus. Yeah. Um Jason Todd no matter which backstory you're going with for him, uh he also didn't really have much of a choice uh given his circumstances. Mm-hmm. Tim on the other hand actively chose this and also actively went against Bruce Wayne's wishes after it had been made very clear that he had discovered Bruce Wayne was Batman. Mm -hmm. Uh, He, I would choose Tim specifically because of his detective skills, which you can teach anyone martial arts up to a certain point mm-hmm. you you can teach anyone any of the other skills that any of the robins have had to learn being a detective not even dick grayson who like for him that was all learned tim it came naturally like for the natural detective i like i i'm gonna pick tim he he'd be the one that i would pick also, he fought for that position as opposed to just being kind of inducted, as it were. That's true. Uh, for me, I don't want to <laughs> go directly to the character that everybody expects of me, but I'm <laughs> going to go to him. Uh, I, I I wrote out Stephanie Brown because she was fired for literally being terrible at the job. <laughs> uh, yeah, she, I discount she, Huntress she because stuck. Huntress was too bloodthirsty. Yeah. Uh, Damian Wayne still had that problem, but the dynamic that gave him something interesting was both Dick Grayson as Batman and Bruce Wayne as Batman trying to pull him away from that sort of upbringing that he had experienced where he had to be bloodthirsty. And so I think that adds to his character and makes him really interesting. And most iterations, I hate the Batman Inc. iteration of him, Ooh. the one where they killed him. Spoilers for a new 52 arc that doesn't matter because they brought him back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But it was, I, I, the way that he, I I can't remember who wrote it. I think it was Grant Morrison that wrote that one. That was the worst version of him that I, but in the other iterations like Batman and son and uh, those iterations, I really liked how Damien was handled. Uh, Especially later when he became more of a sympathetic character and became more indoctrinated into the family. Yeah. But I discount him because, again, he is bloodthirsty, much like Huntress. And I think he has too many. Too many kind of murderous skills coming into the job that makes him kind of uncontrollable. (laughs) And you never really know what you're going to get with him. And he's kind of an asshole like Jason Todd, (laughs) which is why I'm getting rid of Jason Todd. Uh, (laughs) Carrie Kelly is interesting because she's another one that kind of sought out the job. But I I think that was kind of silly (laughs) because she was so young and so small and really didn't contribute anything. (laughs) And Uh, Batman was already really old. He's really old and beastly. And I just... artistically it was kind of cool but i i never really liked the carrie kelly version uh especially wearing the big glasses and stuff i mean not that a superhero can't wear glasses but i feel like if you're in a fight <laughs> you're worried about your glasses falling off you know like daphne or something or is it uh, velma velma, velma. Yeah, it's velma yeah. velma you know <laughs> you're, you're kind of defunct as a superhero 
Yeah. yeah so that, you get contact lenses or something. <laughs> yeah. Know. Either get contact lenses or actually just commit to being Velma from Scooby Doo. Uh-huh. So similar to you, I do come down to either Tim Drake or Dick Grayson. For me, I have to go with Dick Grayson. Not he gets points for being the original. Uh, obviously, as a ki- the first Robin to actually stand his ground and leave of his own accord, as opposed to being fired <laughs> um, <laughs> or killed. Um, I see him as a better individual character after being Robin, but as Robin, I still see him as the superior Robin uh, because he wasn't basically replacing Batman in that role. When you had Tim Drake, he essentially took away a lot of the things that made Batman interesting. Yeah. So Tim started doing all the detective work and all the introspection and all that (laughs) sort of thing. And again, Tim Tim really doesn't have much of a struggle. He just kind of showed up, figured it out. You know, he's smart. He's intelligent. He's a capable fighter. You know, he can stand toe-to-toe with any of the Robins in many accounts. But I just didn't see him as, like, a particularly interesting Robin. And I felt that he took away more from Batman than he contributed. Whereas with yeah. Dick Grayson... The whole point of Dick Grayson was to ground Batman, to give him some kind of emotional proxy for a normal human, <laughs> for a <laughs> compassionate human being that wasn't mired in all this dark world. Even though Dick Grayson can be compassionate with Batman about losing your parents and seeing your parents murdered <laughs> because uh, of a criminal, whether it be a mobster or whether it be you know a guy in an alley, yeah. he has that common interest that unites him with Bruce Wayne as the human and contributes to their dynamic. Whereas Bruce Wayne went off in this dark self-hatred uh, direction. Dick Grayson obsessed over finding, you know, the killer and with the help of Bruce found him and chose the right path, which is not to just outright murder him, you know, <laughs> and be compassionate and look on the world from a brighter lens and from a different perspective, which eventually caused them to split apart when he became Nightwing and stuff. But I think it adds more of a dynamic to Batman. It gives Batman something that grounds him and something that is compassionate, something he can sympathize with that contributes to the character of Batman. And I think that's what a good Robin does. I think that's what a good sidekick does. He doesn't take away from the character and absorb the attributes of the character. You know, it contributes. Yeah. Yeah. And we all know Dick Grayson is probably the most capable fighters of the Robins. Um, Maybe they'll change with Damian Wayne, but... Um, we know that Tim is probably the smartest. We know that Jason is probably the most ruthless. Oh yeah. Um, but when it comes to the most compassionate and the one that's the best leader and the one that unites people and contributes to other characters the best, I think Dick Grayson is that character. Yeah. Yeah. Dick Grayson is definitely all of those things. Yeah. And I, I can totally see Tim Drake. Tim Drake has had great arcs. He's obviously super smart, super capable. He has to learn everything. You know, he's very self-dependent, Yeah, <laughs> uh, which uh, makes him a cool character. But I think he doesn't contribute quite as much at, at, at being Robin as Dick Grayson did and does. Yeah. Uh, I'll, <laughs> I'll say this. Uh, Tim, I think was better at being like, as far as any of the stories that involve him are concerned, uh, he was better at being the Red Robin, like specifically the the version of the Red Robin where he's leading the Titans. Um, yeah. 
Uh, see, I <clears throat> even in that regard, I kind of see Tim as inferior to Dick because I feel oh, like yeah. Dick was always a greater leader of the Titans. And yeah, I feel like even though Dick had some of these like romantic dynamics, it was always explained by like brain control or something <laughs> stupid, you know, something's <clears throat> wrong with where, his mind yeah, where he like was in love with Starfire and then married Raven or whatever because his mind was being controlled or something, you know, all those <laughs> stupid arcs. But with Tim, he was just kind of a dick. <laughs> he was just kind of a dick to his teammates and was like constantly pissing off his teammates prior to the new fifty two launch. Yeah. And I just I didn't I didn't ever see him as a, a he was a smart leader, he's a strategic leader, but I didn't see him as like a unificating a unifying force as a leader. Yeah. And I always see him as kind of pushing his fellow teammates away more than uniting them, which you really can't have. And I guess in that respect, he's a little like Batman, where it's right. a good thing there's Superman there, because Batman would just push everybody away and make the team <laughs> fall apart. Brilliant strategist, but just it's no like, social skills to speak of, you know? Yeah, that's like, <laughs> that. that's uh, actually one of the things that makes specifically Dick Grayson kind of better at some of the job than Batman is. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> But I yeah again he's my favorite character. I'm looking at this through rose-colored glasses. But for me, it has to be Dick Grayson. Yes, he gets the bonus points for being the original. But you take that away, and I still think he contributes the most at being Robin. I think Damian Wayne, as time goes on, is getting better and better. Yeah, uh, the the writers are getting a better idea exactly what to do with him. And it's great seeing him develop from this snotty, murderous child <laughs> to this kind of you know. This kid who's learning how capable, to be capable, like adaptive, a, yeah. smart child, you know, yeah. or not child, but teenager, you know, and, uh, under the mantle of his father, <laughs> you know, <laughs> who he's still, in a way, getting to know because, you know, he met his father and then his father died. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> and it, he was basically raised by, you know, his competition for the mantle, you know. Yeah. Is, you know, the person that did get to more or less grow up with Bruce. Right. Who he sees as, even though he sees him as a brother and a friend, he still kind of has that resentment of Dick Grayson for being, you know, not the biological son, but getting to enjoy yeah. having the father figure in Bruce Wayne. There was actually, uh, when it came to uh, Dick and Damien, um, there's some elements to their story that kind of not really echoed, but kind of in a reverse way told like what, what would happen if Dick raised a Wayne, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which yeah, that's true. It, like, I, I thought it was interesting that uh, in their own way, Dick Grayson got to experience what it was like to yeah. be on the other side of that partnership. Now my, just to add this real fact, my favorite thing that DC did and the writers did as a unifying force with the way they handled the Damien death, which I thought, again, was really stupid and contrived. And the Damien in that book was completely different than he was in all the other books. Right. And I didn't like it at all. But when they did the RIP, you know, after effects, I thought what they did with both um, Jason Todd, who saw himself as a failure who saw himself as not living up to Batman giving him a second chance to be part of the Bat Inc. conglomerate, you know? Right. Where Bruce has this really, like, heartfelt, emotional moment with him after uh, Joker had rigged his mask to gas him and stuff, and after he recovered from it, where Bruce told him, hey, you know, 
you did your best and that's all I can ask. You know, you're not a failure. It's not your fault, blah, blah, blah. And you are my son, whether you like it or not, blah, 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 you know. And they had, it was a really cool moment. And then Jason, you know, obviously impacted by it, but then still kind of acts like a dick and walks away, you know. <laughs> but in a like a, a, a very obviously heartfelt manner, you know. Yeah. And then with Dick, they had it where this video game that he and Damien had ordered to play together. Oh. And showed up at his doorstep yeah. immediately after the death. And Dick already sees it as his fault because he was in the middle of the battle with Damien and with Batman. And he felt like they they did like an issue where he imagines, or maybe it was with Batman and Dick is consoling Batman, but they do this in, instance where they keep going into a simulation of the events. And basically the only way that Batman can accept that he couldn't save him is by going through the simulation with Dick several times. And Dick finally does the one thing that could have saved him where he jumps in front and sacrifices himself to save Damien. And that was literally the only way he could have saved him. And then Bruce like finally accepts it. And Dick like, you know, (laughs) and in the way that Dick unifies them all, you know, yeah. Which nurses him back. Yeah. And he he explains that yes, you feel guilty, but realize I I could have saved him. It it could have been me instead of him, and you know, and I have I live with that guilt every day. And then he goes home and he sees the video game on the the doorstep, you know, from Amazon or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so I thought that was really cool how they handled those two things. I didn't like how they they introduced the concept, but I thought it was really cool how they handled that. Yeah. And it really showed like each Robin, even Tim, had a little moment, you know. Um. It, it was it, i think they just uh, handled it really really well so yeah so there you have it folks looks like we have tim drake for emory here and dick grayson for me uh <laughs> obviously there were other ones that were pretty good damian wayne was up there jason todd probably not so much as robin more so as red hood oh yeah uh, was like stephanie brown obviously <laughs> got got fired for being bad yeah and huntress was good but again she was kind of bloodthirsty so and then they did like an else world thing where she came to the the mainstream line and she became huntress because there was already a robin and stuff she didn't want right. to intermingle and that was that was all right she was pretty cool but yeah. uh i think think that pretty much covers it this week's cosplayer of the week is again emery hey with his uh gambit coat here and the gloves getting ready to uh wear the costume for halloween and other cosplay events oh yeah Uh, if you guys play your cards right you might get to see the whole thing (laughs) yeah we'll see how uh my nightwing costume comes together i accidentally got myself towed the one day of the month was street cleaning, and I parked there because we went on a vacation to Shenandoah for a hiking trip, <laughs> and it cost me $200, which was going to be my costume monies, but uh, we'll, we'll see how I handle that from here on. <laughs> we got a few weeks left. Um, remember, if you'd like to be featured on our Cosplayer of the Week segment, you can hit us up on Twitter at HTBVids or on Facebook at forward slash hit the books. Uh, please do not submit other people's cosplay or cosplay you do not have permission to post. Yeah, whatever you do, just make sure it's your own work material. If so, we really appreciate you. Um, that wraps up another mediocre edition of Hit the Books Podcast. 
mediocre. Thank you all for sticking with us. And if you like what you hear, be sure to hit like and subscribe down below in the video. And check us out on your podcast services and social networks. We're on Twitter, again, at HTBVids. We're on Facebook at forward slash hit the books. You can also check us out on YouTube, Stitcher, and iTunes. Just search in the title, hit the books, and you'll see us on Stitcher and iTunes now. Yay, RSS feed. Yay. Uh, we lo- we like to update at least by every Wednesday morning. Might not always make it, but you can generally look us up around Wednesday morning for your new releases and new news. I'm your host, Chris Holcomb. And I'm Emery Saunders. And thanks for watching. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye.